Chapter 10 Then Her Breaking News My husband was a quiet man when he was vexed, quiet when his feelings were hurt and even when he was in agony. He always said his father had told him that a man never showed his anger or pain under any circumstances because it showed his weakness. He said a man should always be ready for anything and as a result always put on a brave front. That was the man I'd married. But I liked that about Caleb. It gave him a bit of an edge, almost like a hero in an action movie, surviving against all odds and still managing to look cool. There were times, of course, when I thought I'd seen a bit of a soft spot, but I couldn't be sure because Caleb was like a gift with endless amounts of wrapping. You could neither get enough of him nor figure him out completely. I'd fallen in love with him, all of him, immediately, not giving myself an opportunity to really get to know him inside and out at first. I'd found him intriguing and mysterious, and his whole demeanour was plausible to me. I'd accepted him the way he was, and he me. Perhaps that was why we got along so well. I felt safe with him and secure, and even though he didn't give much away with his hard exterior, I never felt the need to put any sort of pressure on him for anything either, except to take me to meet his mother. I'd later found how absolutely adorable he was when he was around her. She'd been on holiday from Ghana and was staying with one of her relatives. He was gentle and warm and patient, and then it occurred to me that he was the same around me. It was then that I truly understood that he really loved me. It had been a couple of weeks since I'd opened up about what had happened, and although it didn't take away the fact, it was a relief, as though a great burden had been lifted off me. Caleb had listened carefully to my every word, keen to know exactly what had happened and held me close when I'd finished as though he was trying to protect me from another incident. I could understand his need to do that. He'd been hundreds of miles away when I needed someone to protect me and I suppose he wanted to show that he could. He'd been supportive and sympathetic, reassuring me that we would get through it together. What more could I have asked for? I'd felt the sincerity in his words when he'd spoken to me and it validated why I trusted my gut and told him eventually. I wondered why it had taken me so long to do it. In the days that followed, he'd put me first, slowing down at work immediately and also demanding that I take time off to recuperate. I knew that my burden was his, but I didn't know how he was going to cope with it. How could he? I was barely breaking through myself. I'd had sleepless nights almost every night, and on the nights that I did sleep, I had nightmares, but I was determined not to give up in my recovery. I decided not to tell the girls and hoped that Nina, although had sworn not to say anything, would actually keep it to herself. She'd called me every day, checking on me, and would receive the same response, which was that I was okay. I had asked her to go to my doctor's appointment, which Caleb had booked for me, and insisted that I did the necessary checks to make sure I was safe. He did the same. It was weeks late, but necessary. He probably would have dragged me there had I not told him that Nar was chaperoning me. He didn't trust her, blamed her for not staying with me that night. 
but I told him it couldn't have been her fault. How was she to know that that disgusting man had those evil intentions? It could have probably happened to someone else, right? Well, it happened to me. But it wasn't Nina's fault, I told him. Honestly, it felt a little patronising to be ordered around, but I knew it was necessary for Caleb to feel that he too was doing his bit. I'd been careless, stupid even, and in my time of self-disdain, I'd failed to get checked. I was wrapped in a blanket of self-pity and didn't realise that I could have been infected with something. I could have infected Caleb. I'd run the sequence of events in my head so many times and each time I concluded that it was probably best that I hadn't reported it. My excuse. I mean, the perpetrator was halfway across the world for one and prior to the incident I'd been seen socialising with him. Was it even possible to report a crime from a different country weeks after the crime? I decided not and focused on moving past it. My doctor, whom I'd known for a few years, was also Caleb's cousin, Annalise. She and I had met not long after KK and I got together. He'd introduced us because she too was a lover of jazz music and patronised the art scene quite frequently. I was impressed with her vibrant attitude even with the long hours she worked. She'd become a good friend over the years and not to mention the fact that she probably knew me more physically than my husband did. I wasn't worried about seeing her because I knew that Caleb had explained the situation to her. After almost an hour of waiting in an area of rabblement, I was bemused when she called me back into her office. Her office was quieter. It was set up not like a doctor's office, more like it was in the movies. There was a lazy chair in one corner and a chaise lounge almost opposite it. We sat across the room at her desk as I noticed the Sankofa painting on the wall behind it. The bird was covered in dusty orange and green feathers and the egg its long neck reached back for was black. I wished that I too could go back a few weeks and rewrite the narrative. Anyway, I imagined that Annalise knew we had serious talk to get on with, so we did. I knew the results for my blood test would come a few days later, but she went straight to it and explained that the scan I had done showed I was 12 weeks pregnant. I had to give a chuckle because it wasn't possible, not for me. She further explained that the scan also showed that the fetus was growing in my fallopian tube and the chances of survival were slim. I was in shock at this point. I'd been knocked for six, completely confused. But I should have known. I mean, why wouldn't that happen to me? The questions forming in my head, the hows and whys that followed, didn't make it out of my mouth. Instead, I listened intently to her instructions, knowing that it would be another shocking blow to Caleb. How would I tell him this time? Instantly, a trumpet in the back of my head or somewhere deep in my psyche had been blown and the long faded guilt was rearing its ugly head again as though it was only hiding in the corner waiting for its opportunity to resurface the familiar sorrowful feeling was creeping back into my mind my inner being and would eventually take over my entire life I had no clue how Caleb was going to take it or how we were going to deal with this I heard her say something about surgery but it didn't register. 
I stood up and instantly felt lightheaded, but made it out of her office. Na and I had driven home in silence. In my mind, I could hear KK asking me how it all went, and I also knew that no amount of brushing off would stop him from getting to the bottom of my appointment. Nothing could stop the flood of tears that ensued at that moment. It was all I could do to shed some of the pain and confusion and hurt that I had undoubtedly caused myself and my husband.